One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Save it after this. Hello and welcome to the Clash at the Castle review. I'm a very tired and a little bit drunk Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamlet to discuss a very momentous, <laughs> god damn it, a very momentous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very momentous Clash at the Castle show. I'm so goddamn tired. These assholes in the other goddamn house will <laughs> like... play an oasis till 4.30 in the goddamn morning yesterday. I hope they're listening to us right now trying to get asleep because they kept our asses up last night. And then we did a whole goddamn day, and now it's uh, <laughs> it's twenty to eleven. I'm sorry if it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if it's your first one. Honestly, like I had an absolutely fantastic day. A very quick one uh, before we drill into the very live experience that was Clash at the Castle at the uh, Cardiff Principality <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> Willborn got us with that the other day. We want to talk about how many goddamn legends were mm, at the live mm-hmm. shows at Newport yeah. and Cardiff. Um, I think it was just an, an absolutely incredible experience. Everyone that we spoke to, at least, was just so goddamn nice. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, totally echo that. We met Adam Blair in the flesh. Yes. The, uh, the recorder of the ladies' night. And I'm thinking, no. And yeah, totally echo that. It's been so cool. Um, it seems like this is always a theme whenever we get the opportunity to actually do these sort of things where you get to meet fans and do the live shows and all that kind of crack. But yes, a really nice time. And then... Yeah, like Cardiff and Wales and WWE feels like one of the things that we'll be talking about for years yeah. after this show as well. Absolutely incredible. Right, uh, we'll start um, Pat Stadium, absolutely furnace hot at times. Uh, the atmosphere was truly incredible. It's one of those where I think me and Hamflit, obviously, aren't quite as invested in WWE or we can know better to be. Um, but if you were heartbroken by the finish and let down or whatever... You would go back, I think. It yeah. was just such a great time. It was so loud. And overall, the show was absolutely great. But we'll start um, at the kickoff. It was Austin Theory in an unannounced, I think. I didn't check mm-hmm. Twitter uh, beforehand. It was Austin Theory and uh, Alpha Academy versus Street Profits and Mad Cat Moss. Fun little sub-10-minute opener. Um, every talent in the match was over. Chad Gable did some absolutely incredible rolling suplexes. <laughs> It's one of those where you could basically piece together every single spot yeah. if you told, if you were told this match uh, was going to happen. But ultimately, the babyface has won, got everyone in a good mood, and it's always nice to see Chad Gable in particular. But everyone did well. Yes, I don't have anything to add on the match other than what a cute detail it was. And this is going to be the first of several compliments I'll pay Triple H ahead of one, oh my God, he's going to give at the end. Um, he let everybody in the building, because I think this was announced pretty much, that Austin Theory was in the building. Yeah. And um, we'd seen him out on the drink in Cardiff yeah, yeah. the night before as it happened. But yeah, he wasn't announced on the car, blah, blah, blah. But it's sometimes worth letting the live audience know that he's there 
plant a few seeds, scatter them for later yeah. on, and what a flower that grew <laughs> as a result flowers. of those planted seeds. The flower's absolutely incredible. The main show kicked off with a phenomenal video package, like me and Hamlet again. You know this, long-time listeners. We're a little bit numb, a little bit calloused to the WWE experience. The goddamn volume of that oh. PA, the video, the dragon, the CGI yep. dragon. We were like... Uh, a little bit hot. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, so that was absolutely great. Like an absolutely phenomenal WWE spectacle, as you'd expect. And the flashing lights, the sheer volume of mm. the music, and there wasn't much in the way of pyro. Those fake, uh, those uh, phony baloney ass explosions. Boom! <laughs> Boom! Where's Boom! The, where's the fire? Boom! Where's the dynamite? There was a big castle above the ring big and then occasionally a dragon would set it on fire yeah, it was... but I don't know if that would appear on camera because we were like wow it was awesome fire. it was absolutely awesome and you know what so was much of this opening match yeah. um, I'm not sure that every single person in that building happened to go to the 2016 house show tour <laughs> that was NXT but it felt like it actual nostalgia for NXT and you, know, you got black and gold in 2.0 you thought that goddamn stuff was impossible but no Bailey was so unbelievably over and I think she is so unbelievably over. One, because she's great. Mm -hmm. And two, her interaction with the crowd to try and... like She was like actively resenting being cheered. Yeah. And she played up to it. It was just so nice to see um, performers express themselves because they clearly sort of worked around the crowd reaction and responded to what the crowd wanted. Or, more to the point, Bailey healed it up to give the crowd what they didn't want. So she tagged in bit of a smile on her face, tagged straight back out. She yeah. was trying so hard and she was like, it's just a proper old-fashioned worker. Bailey's just the best. And the match was obviously Bailey um, damage control with the worst goddamn theme oh my God. you've ever heard in what your life. What have they done? They've got a terrible theme. Yeah. Uh, they need to change the music. They absolutely need to change it. That could be one of Papa H's new uh, changes <laughs> if he wants to. So it was Bailey, um, Dakota Kai and Eo Sky versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss. Um, and Asuka, um, very, like, I'm, I'm not going to do the recap, I'm a little bit drunk, and, uh, you know, I couldn't take notes, because no. I was, you know, just in a stadium watching a wrestling match, but, Phone um, batteries dying in front of her, yeah, eyes, absolutely, kind of... absolutely, um, it was very, very back and forth, it went the distance, I don't think they lost the crowd once, no, there was one botch, but otherwise, it was a super ambitious, competitive trios match with convoluted sequences, some really cool action, like some great aerials as well. It was an absolutely fantastic spot. One of those where you think, oh God, wrestlers are so good and clever, aren't mm. they? Because um, we've never fantasy booked a spot where Bianca Belair's hair is draped over the top rope. She is trapped in the corner, allowing Dakota Kai to do that, um, that yeah. kick. Yeah. So that was tremendous. And uh, Bailey pinned Bianca Blair, didn't she? Yeah, it, the, that cool spot informed an awesome trio's finish. So Bailey helps Dakota Kai land the kick, and then Io Shirai hits the moonsault, but Bailey's legal, so she gets the pin. So that is even good trio's booking. Was it another blind tag? Uh, it might have been. Yeah, 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 like, uh, damage control might have been legal. Yeah. Um, it's an Adam Wilborn night. He is the ghost at the feast. Even if he couldn't be here with us today, he was here on the booking of this show. Yeah. Um, what I liked about this was that we've kind of said this in the build-up, Bailey's comeback has not been great, but, well, for one, the UK never forgets. So Bailey is going to be over in this, as Drew would say, island, island. for life. He's going, she's going to be over in this island for life. But the logical thing happened here. A trio that we are informed our friends are connected, are unified, use their connectivity and use their moves to beat the kind of three singles wrestlers that were yeah. trying the best. And you've set up now Bailey versus Bianca Belair, which is a pretty cool program that actually 
picks up from Bailey's injury in 2021. Yeah. So this is the natural direction to go heading off to Extreme Rules or whatever as well. So like a lot of wins. Not a great deal in the middle of this match. Yeah. But I think the fans were just so into Bailey that from a live experience, again, this is difficult because watching at home you might have felt this sag, but in the building it was just too hot for Bailey to yeah. feel like it ever dragged. Yeah, absolutely. The next match was absolutely the best thing on this card. Oh my God. Uh, by uh, some distance, it was absolutely incredible. A special match. Uh, maybe even a classic looking at the uh, the, the, the atmosphere, the, the multiple standing ovations. It was Sheamus versus Gunther that made it an absolutely huge deal. Ludwig Kaiser was incredible, hamming it up, introducing Gunther. Um, Sheamus, as I predicted, came out in full sort of old school, pre-Picky Blinders obsession regalia. Um, all the whiter and more flesh exposed to get that chop, uh, that chest chopped to absolute mince. This match was so goddamn great. It was so physical, and yet it was so subtle, and it was such a slow burner. And they didn't really do much except kick the absolute ever-living crap out of each other. But it was paced so goddamn well. And they did some great crowd interactivity spots, but they built it and built it and built it. Like, Gunther um, slid out of the ring when Sheamus attempted to do the beats of the Bodron, Bowron, or whatever it's called. Um, And he continually went back to it in really creative um, sequences where it didn't really feel too cute for its own good, wherever um, Gunther could be draped over, Seamus was like, all right, I've got you now. Such I've got great you like, now. environmental usage. And like, yeah. The way that you talked about before, about the ropes, like this was an extension to the barrier, to the table, I yeah, think it the was. Table. Wherever he could hold him, he was going to finally try and get finally him. Do yeah. it. And he finally did it. Um, so they did a five count. And it was so great. This crowd was so on fire and they were so locked into the action. That was like minutes later, he found the table or seconds or whatever. Yeah. They've counted from five again. And then minutes later in the match, he finally gets him on the barricade. And it was just so well worked. And it kind of epitomizes the struggle, the fantastic struggle of this match. Because it wasn't just, right, okay, I've got you, buddy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. At like 7, 8, 9, Gunther is still struggling to get out of it. It wasn't, right, I'm locked in place. I'm frozen to do the spot. He was still trying to worm his way out of this punishment. Sheamus says, that's got to be the career best Sheamus performance. I think so. His selling was absolutely unreal in this match. His facial expression. body was cut up from chops. Yeah. Cut up from chops. He was cut from chops. His glassy-eyed selling was incredible. And it all sort of converged oh. to this incredible moment where they're sat or just sort of um, on all fours in their respective corners just screaming at each other mm. in defiance about um, like how much they needed to win this match and the tone, the physicality, the pacing, the violence, and the finish. Oh, my God. Sheamus kicking out of the powerbomb, I believe it was, which is so great, by the way, because earlier in the match, the only single death, like dead point in the match was a powerbomb that kind of just wasn't as impactful as everyone else. That's because the... Killed each other, flubbed. yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't as impactful. So they went back to the powerbomb, but this time Gunther absolutely nailed him. Sheamus gets the kick out, at which point the whole building is believing that he can do it. And the manner in which he's not just rolled a shoulder and then a like, miracle comeback, he's looking up at Gunther and thinking, you are going to have to kill me to win. Yeah. And Gunther accepts that challenge yeah. and just steamrolls through him. It's not a finish. It's not any kind of like special move or anything. It's like it's sheer power. I've got one big mm-hmm. swing left and I think it's enough. And it was just so psychologically sound because everybody in the building thought, well, if they run back a series of finishes and kickouts and all that sort of sport entertainment stuff you used to, we're gonna like we're just gonna sort of be on that fake journey. This felt real. Yeah. The way Seamus like powered up, he didn't even move his body. It was more in his face. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't remember him in my head being much off all fours before he took it. It was just well, his face isn't giving up even if the body is now yeah. weak. 
unbelievable stuff. I didn't like. I was expecting the hard hitting stuff, but I didn't think this would be as artistically like yeah. sort of satisfying as it was. Yeah, it was so dramatic, so well crafted, so well paced. Just they, the two of them together, crafted this incredibly special match, this classic match. Just absolutely unbelievable stuff. If you're not a WWE fan and you just keep up with the company through these podcasts, like literally go out of your way to watch it. It was unreal. Speaking of keeping up with the company through these podcasts, can we have a shout out to main roster returnee Giovanni Vinci? Giovanni Vinci. Who is with that name, but now a part of the apparently slightly rebadged Imperium. They've rebadged it, you fool. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> Imperium by their 2.0 names. But you know, we've all had a bit of fun with 2.0. I can't see this coming back up later on in the show. No. No. No, absolutely <laughs> not. The next match it kind of suffered because it was so special that's gone to the Sheamus match. Honestly, watch it and watch it again if you haven't, if you have already, rather. Um, it was Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler, and I got a bit of a paternal instinct live in the arena because oh, there was a young um, child who was going ballistic for Liv Morgan, and it was just so sweet because we were kind of up in the gods' great view, yeah, great seats. We had the entrance, uh, we had the ring, and you could see the full scope of the arena. I guess you can at the stadium. I guess you can everywhere. But what I'm trying to say is that where we were, and this young girl was like sort of like right to the right of us, on like just maybe one row down. There was not a hope in hell's chance of Liv Morgan being able to see the support. No. And it didn't matter to this girl. She was so passionate. I thought Paper sign for Paper Liv Morgan. Sign, yeah. yeah. So I thought, was, oh my God, Shayna Baszler's going to win. It's going to break the We're being dads for a second, weren't we? We were just being like, yeah, dads, just yeah. the kid having a nice night. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, the match itself was probably the weakest of the night um, in truth. But the crowd did really get behind Liv sort of late on. If I'm going to be generous, and I am because I'm a bit drunk and I'm in a good mood, I've had a great weekend. Liv's submission-based stuff with which he tried to repel Shayna Baszler obviously didn't look as good as Shayna's, um, but I just think that the more wonky it looked, the more it looked like a spirit was shining yeah. through. Yeah. Like, if she wasn't that skilled, it almost sort of accentuated the performance in a weird, warped way because he just thought, well, she can't really fight with skills, so she's just fighting with her heart. Mm. And she did get the crowd because they were mute. Um, going into this because they were exhausted by the classic they just watched. Yeah, um, the I think the moment of the match for me was uh, Shayna locking in the curfew to clutch. It is we said this. She's one of the easiest wrestlers to book, and Triple H has proved that within three weeks. Yeah, like one of Vince McMahon's like biggest sort of most egregious errors when you think about Shayna Baszler because instantly she looked credible. Yeah, and that was the that I think that was the problem with the dynamic in this building. There wasn't really a favourite. Shayna Baszler was so obviously better and the layout didn't do that much to sort of discourage that even though yeah. she was the heel. So Liv Morgan gets the win. The, uh, the sensational Sherry throwback outfit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Appreciated that. Someone's like, we've got him talking. Bret Hart got him. Yeah, Bret Hart in the there, crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He got an absolutely huge bet. A huge bet. Um, yeah, like Liv Morgan, I will say this for her. By the time the match was over and she's kind of like left with the belt, like after we've come away from the show, I haven't thought to myself, oh, that was totally egregious. Why did they not put the belt on Shayna Baszler? I just don't know that there's much steam in it. Like yeah. the, once like once the crowd settled in, they weren't really up for Liv's yeah. comebacks. But then do we take this child? Like anecdotal as it is, yeah. one child going like mad for a baby face has to mean something. So maybe you can extrapolate that to other buildings. But I don't know. I just don't know if there's steam in this Liv more. No, me neither. I don't think this um, proved otherwise, to be honest. Even though she did well to get the crowd. But honestly, maybe considering how loud and like molten they were elsewhere, maybe that's saying nothing at all, yeah. to be honest. Uh, the next match was uh, Edge... And Rey Mysterio oh, against yes. the Judgment Day. This was so much fun. Yeah. It wasn't like a classic or anything like that, but it was so well paced. Um, in contrast to Seamus Gunther, this didn't really slow burn. 
there's a, like, it's a WWE match. Obviously, you're not going to get out of the races, even when they probably should have later in the night, but we'll get to that imminently. Um, it was just a nice, fun tag team match. Got loads of great nostalgia spots um, with Edge and Rey Mysterio, like really doing stuff that they were doing in 2002, which in 2022 was just all the <laughs> yeah. more impressive. And there was some great interplay between Ballot and Mysterio. I thought um, Damian Priest came off so much better live than he did on TV yeah, yeah. as well, because sometimes his performances, because of just his like physique and his like lanky sort of like body, he can sometimes be a bit clumsy and miss some leapfrogs, but he was very spot on. Um, they did some great spots where Edge did a six one nine. Edge, so by the way, is so goddamn over. Oh my god, Edge! Like, like I'm not being funny, right? Stars. WWE needs stars Honestly, because Edge is one. I went to WrestleMania thirty, and I'm not. Being hyperbolic, Edge was as over in Cardiff as Brian was in New Orleans. They knew they were in the presence of greatness. Yeah, yeah, that's like, they were so happy to see him because, like, obviously with the pandemic, and they thought like we're never going to see him to begin with, and then yeah. it was delayed. Honestly, Edge was ridiculously over. It's so weird. Oh, remember the first crowd back? He had that as well. Yeah, it something mania. about Edge reactions and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's weird. Like I've got this pretty cruel take right where it's as if literally everyone who likes Edge in a given market goes to the. Um, arena and then that's it and then there's yeah, no one else yeah. to watch him on tv because mm-hmm. he's not a tv draw so it's a weird contrast there but no he's so unbelievably over um edge and here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The, the, the alley-oop. Yes, Spot did the alley-oop. Throwback front, yeah. Ray, like where we would launch Ray onto the bodies on the floor. Yeah. They still had that in them. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, unbelievable. absolutely unbelievable. There's a great sort of dosey do into a spear spot as yeah. well. That was absolutely tremendous. And the baby faces got what was thought to be with the assistance of Dominic Mysterio, yes. which went unsighted. Mm. Some actually clever detail. It was. I really loathe to give to this. Right? <laughs> but honestly, it was like kind of on point. So the story of the finish in the post-match angle is that Dominic Mysterio assists the win, unbeknownst to Edge and Ray, uh, who just celebrate kind of without him because mm. they don't know, but it's a bit of a miscommunication. And um, Dominic kicks Edge in the balls. <laughs> Oh my god! And then mirroring the uh, Eddie Guerrero turn on Ray, he just clotheslines him, just like we always said, Cedric. Twenty twenty two, 
WWE will return to Wales. Sit back up. It's fine. Don't lay down with your head in your hands. Like we always said, 30 years after SummerSlam, well, are they going to do a tribute to the Bulldog? No. Are they going to do a tribute to any other Roddy Piper with the bagpipes? No. Are they going to give you a hometown hero winning? No. Dominic Mysterio is going to turn on his dad. Oh, my God. The Eddie Guerrero callback was really, really sweet. Like... I, uh, there had been discussion on, if you've a regular listener's podcast, as we said this a couple of times, it's the first time listener, thanks for joining us, it's not always like this. Uh, we've actually pitched from the very beginning that uh, Dominic would turn on Ray by this Eddie Guerrero clothesline. There was some internet chitter-chatter about an electric chair. I never thought that was really going to no, work, no. personally. But yeah, we always... <laughs> what a dickhead. Oh my God. Legit, like, unbelievable reaction. So the booking, as Cedric points out, we kind of both kind of nodded sagely to each other, like, oh, that's, that was really quite good. Yeah. They just did not acknowledge him. And it was like, you could see that, like, Dominic was like, oh, it gives the credit. I actually did something for it. The yeah. whole point of this has been like, he sucks. Yeah. And he didn't suck for a change. And then, yeah, the turn to happen and the timing was perfect. Dominic tears off his mysterious shirt as he leaves, doing the heel snarl. And as he's walking away, you see the mullet, but it's the first time you see the little Eddie moustaches growing in as well. Yeah. This was sort of perfect. perfect. The judgment day were pissing themselves laughing. Oh, yeah, Finn Balor, instant meme reaction, instant gift reaction just dropped. Yeah, he's looking, yeah, the Eddie Guerrero, like, sort of, it's, they've done a fantastic yeah. job. <laughs> the listeners. They are the listeners. They did an absolutely fantastic job, but oh my God. I, Ray was over. The Judgment Day were more over than they've ever been on TV, literally since the start. But that the crowd was just so euphoric all night to get something as uh, spectacular as this show. But Edge, so unbelievably over in that building. At Adam Wilborn, about this finish, he won't hate being informed of what he missed. Yeah. Just at him. At him as much as you like. At Treat him, yourselves. At him. At him. In the semi-main, um, it was Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle? Matt Riddle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins, rather, right? And this is weird because it turned into a very good, two great match, but the yeah. tone was a bit weird because... Um, Everybody's getting over Dominic. Yeah, because <laughs> the first thing I said after five minutes to Hamlet when we were watching this show live, and I was sat next to Hamlet, and I, you know me, I never, ever resisted dig at no. Triple H. Mm-hmm. I went, uh, huh, a bit too much Triple H, actually. <laughs> because <laughs> it kind of went this methodical pace, because what happened is Matt Riddle, as he should have, was enormously pissed off at... Uh, Rollins, so he was trying to batter him out of the gate. The referee was trying to break them up, like you know, you haven't really sort of done the bell or anything yet. And then Seth Rollins had a kind of a methodical control spot, yeah, for five minutes. Seth Rollins is really over. He might third time might be the charm for the, the baby single stage. It's going to be unreal. Yeah. It really might be because he's really, really over. Looked incredible again. He, his gear yeah. was absolutely incredible, and this match turned into something approaching incredible. I would describe it as very good. Mm. Um, I just think for for the story they've told, it was a little bit. Finish a kick out, slow start. Formula, dare I say. But they did some absolutely fantastic stuff within that formula, particularly towards the finish. Um, just some spots at the top of my head because I can't remember anything in chronological order at this point. I'm exhausted. Um, he did the pedigree. Yeah. It was fantastic. There's some absolutely superb um, reversals as well. I think he did Riddle's finish, the bro, Derek. Yeah. Um, he, in a brilliant bit, Seth Rollins just kind of realised, I've got half this crowd... I might just give them a little sort of wry grin. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of looked at the hard cam and just like kind of winked and grinned and just kind of basked in it for a little bit. And he got the ooh yeah. uh, chance. And towards the end of the match, he did a pedigree that was a mint, mint mere fall. And he started doing windy <laughs> uh, stuff with the drape and DDT, which is just great. The finish, um, Matt Riddle was so pissed off by Rollins towards the finish. 
Uh, but I forgot Gunther was like trying to rip Sheamus's hair out at one yep. point. And I'm like, yeah, Looks that so was good. Yep. I'm still gonna I'm gonna think about that much for a long, long, mm-hmm. long, long time. And um, so the finish for this match, Riddle Rollins is that Riddle's so pissed off at this point that he gets the chair out and you think, oh great, he's gonna get disqualified for kicking too much ass. <laughs> and then it turns out actually no, he's just a dumb asshole. Because he goes to hit um Rollins with a chair, he hits the table instead and um with the chair. And then Roddles, uh, Roddles, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Rollins slides into the ring. Um, and as Riddle goes to catch him, boom, he gets caught with a curb stomp. And there was a top rope curb stomp that yep. finished it. Mm-hmm. That's always the tell. The it's top the rope. super move. The yeah. super variation means that, look, we like the person we've just beat. It's a mm-hmm. bit of an indication. So they protected him there. But yeah, I think that in flashes, this was positively electrifying. Yeah, um, I would say on across the night, this would maybe be considered a bit of an under-delivery in places, but only because expectations were so high. This was still very, very good. And by the time we were hitting the Draping DDT in particular, everybody was so up for this. Like, every, It just took a little while to get going. Yeah. It was odd that it sagged because the whole point of the feud was that they could not wait to get to each other. And it didn't really feel like that till the closing stretch, yeah. which I found quite strange. A bit methodical. Uh, like, too much so. But... So where I'll kind of counter that and give a bit of credit to clearly Triple H versus Vince in this case, we kind of, everybody predicted Seth or a variation of Seth winning because of the continuation of the feud. It just didn't feel like in WWE land, this is over. You knew there's going to be an Extreme Rules rematch or whatever it is. And yet, Seth won clean as a sheet. Super moves are one thing, but he beat him clean. Yeah. So Riddle getting his rematch or Riddle getting his win or getting his sort of, now he's got to try and be the hero and win by the end. He's going to have to, find a way to get it he doesn't just get it because Seth steals one yeah. and I admire the commitment to that if nothing else because I did think yeah I did think the agent and kind of got in the way of these two in the first 10 minutes a lot of the heat was like they should have in my head they should have ran brawling from the building at Raw to Cardiff yeah. and yet they were brought out and then kept separate for a while yeah. and it just didn't feel real until the last stretch but when it got real it got great yeah absolutely like, to be fair they did do that with Riddle at the start but then it just kind of slowed down and didn't seem like that hurt to be selling for that much he should mm. be more fired up I think so I think there's a bit of character work on a bit awry in this match the main events I'm going to try and keep this brief oh, because boy. there's so much to talk about um, we got Broken Dreams, as expected. Shaker Bay! Shaker Bay, indeed, Jesus Christ. So we got Broken Dreams, and then the proper um, theme, whatever it's called. The one of the swords. And, uh, Roman came out, and he took 15 goddamn minutes. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was getting really, really irritated at this point. Um, even though I had like, a fantastic time at the show. I felt right. I want, we need to put both guys over. Mm. At various points, there was chanting, like, massive pro... Drew McIntyre's sentiment. This was a furnace. And then it got even louder and louder and louder. It was absolutely molten hot in that stadium. Drew McIntyre probably thought, you know what, I could put a boo-boo face on here. Obviously, yes. he's enormously happy to perform uh, for that finish. He knew he was probably devastated by that finish mm-hmm. when he got told it. Um, but he was like genuinely sort of overjoyed and sort of like had an impish, mischievous grin when... Roman was getting like pelters by this crowd. And Roman Reigns, as we said, we were marvelling, me and Hamlet on the walk home about Roman Reigns and just how he just never looked like he was going to win that match. No. And his selling was fantastic. I would describe this match, I'm not going for move for move. It was very, very long, or it felt long. In the best dramatic, this feels epic way. I would describe this, right, is for the first 15 minutes of this match, I felt like I was a vessel who had been temporarily inhabited by like an old school worker. Yeah. Because I was like, they're not doing anything. (laughs) 
and it's great. And I love it. And Give I me the test of strength. Like, <laughs> they didn't do any rest holds. They just did very little except interact with the crowd. Um, if like do some slide out of the ring to catch breathers, but like it sounds so tedious, and yet it was so unbelievably compelling. And the drama got ratcheted up in sort of parallel with the moves and the big bombs. Um, some really great, as you'd expect when they've got like the Claymore, the Superman punch and the spear to play with when they're lunging into each other, like the, the Future Shock DDT from yeah. the Superman punch. Like they've got um, arsenals and in-ring repertoires that really <laughs> yeah. complement um, the reversals, like, don't they? So that yeah. they, in their mind it, and they paced it, and they timed everything. It was the work of, honestly, it was two masterful performances. Mm. Um, and it was so great, and the crowd was so hot. And, like, Roman, with this finisher kick out, has gotten really lazy with it, so it felt like a real treat compared yeah. to, like, some of the other big matches he's had, where it's like, we're pretty much going to just scene missing yeah. Superman Punch Spear stuff. Yeah. They didn't, like, that didn't feel like it was It didn't feel, like, tacked on. No, like, 15 pointless minutes dictated by Michael Hayes. There was none yeah. of that. It just felt like a perfectly built classic professional wrestling match and then um in another subversion of a spot because again we got quite a few of the counters because i think drew hit a spear um it was drew who speared roman through the barricade this time and it was so well timed this right because it just felt like yes there was some stuff with carrying cross on the outside we'll get to that but it just felt like they were building such a pure simple traditional classic wrestling main event I just it genuinely felt like a disruption. Yeah. For once, when you heard Austin Theory's music, no hit. Usos, no Paul Heyman, no, no yeah, Sami yeah. Zayn. Exactly. Yeah. It was so it was so great because like the contrast, it felt like a twist for once, and not just a thing to do. And the idea of not only is he not going to fall on his sword, as opposed to not win, but Theory's going to do this yeah. in Cardiff. It was tremendous. Tyson Fury was stationed at ringside. He just leathered him. It was great. I think Austin Theory might not be up to this day. Um, then we got more finisher kickouts. And then we got the moment where you thought, right, it's the finish. They're doing the title switch. They've done the videos. They've got 62,000 people here, worked or not. This is the finish. And I bit five or six times before yep. this, which is a credit to the match. And at 2.9, even if you didn't like the actual idea, it was executed to perfection. A sort of masked, mysterious figure put Little Nate, was it? Yes. Out pulled, of the ring. Pulled him up. And beat up on Drew, unmasked, and it was Solo Sikwa. Solo Sikwa from NXT 2.0 <laughs> in an absolutely incredible twist, and then Drew, and then Roman just won, and then <laughs> and then Tyson Fury just uh, congratulated Roman, and then I don't know if this was on air or not, but then we uh, were informed fairly reliably that it was. So they Tyson just... Fury ruffling Drew's hair as a loser. You did well. You did well, lad. You did well. Good lad. You should be proud of this. So today. Sally can wait. Everyone came here to see you. And uh, then they just sang away, so you can't be that good. Broken dreams, five minutes later, cut to... Oh, it's bit, it's, if you think about it, it's probably a dream to do karaoke. I, I like that. that I was could a, do that on my Christmas night out. That was a real dream. dream. That was a real quiz, Drew. Look, it was a bold manoeuvre. Um, ultimately, what I got from this, and sorry, I'll give you your thoughts on the match oh. very, very quickly, is that if you weren't going to strap up Drew, don't make it seem like you're really going to strap up Drew. I know mm. that sounds counterintuitive, because that would just mean there was less drama. But my God, he can't be a babyface anymore. They've told the most overt, high stakes, this is it now, you have to do it, and he didn't do it. He's untenable as a babyface. Maybe that's the point, because before this, it kind of was getting stale um, with the Scottish history lessons and stuff. Whatever, I'm babbling. Uh, what did you make of everything? I thought it was incredible, 
funny and wasteful because they don't really have that many Drew McIntyre and Cardiff babyface reactions that they've built. No, it was um, it wasn't thirty years after SummerSlam '92. It was twenty nine after SummerSlam '93 because Lex Druger pulled up, pulled up in the BT bus and didn't win. Uh, it was yeah. I want to pay like some like sort of credit to WWE because as you say, the match was of a supreme quality for the length it went. I don't know how it came across on television compared to the building, and of course that's the only opinion we can give. But this building was with Drew to such a level that I have to credit the agent in. Yeah, like they nailed like wrestlers, like anyone backstage that was involved in the layout of this, absolutely nailed this because they read the audience perfectly up until the point they, they were, absolutely broke their heart. They were manipulating the hell out of them. It yeah. was so great to be worked. That's it. You there's want certain, to be yeah. dragged through that. There's certain like matches where you think, I'm going to be a little bit performative because I'm into it. I kind of know that this isn't the finish. But yeah. I'll go one, two. I was going one, two, and I couldn't believe it. There was two in, in the building. Incredible. One for each. Yeah. Incredible Neil Falls. Like, everybody was with it. Because as well, like, fair play to them. Like, carrying across tick-tock. Tick-tock. Tick-tock, Drew. Um, what a red herring! Yes, what a red herring! Yes. From where we were sitting, we could see Karrion Cross and Scarlett. He had his white shirt on. We could see him the whole time cutting this very intense figure yeah. ringside. And you're watching. Of course, we're watching a fight. You're waiting for the running. You're waiting for the barrier hop. You're waiting for the claymore in Karrion's corner so he pulls the leg. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. So you're permitted to forget. And then you're looking at Karrion Cross, and another shadowy figure pulls the ref out. So as much as we're big fans of Solo Sikolar. Nobody else is. Nope. Nobody knows who he goddamn is. But the fact that it was somebody else but him, I thought was genuinely quite inspired. Because it was so well done. Like a bad talk, idea, well done. That's it. And like that extends to the finish too, because we left the building, and you know this feels relevant to this specific review, and I guess we'll see how this plays out in the weeks and months to come. But a lot of this event was spent, like much to Cedric's chagrin, I guess, being like, this is for real. Like, WWE are fixing a lot. Check, 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 check. Fixing so much. But what they haven't fixed, and it might be the only one that matters, is people leaving the building feeling sad. Yes. Because that is a very, very WWE vibe. This entire weekend in Cardiff, the whole sense has been, it's been WrestleMania for this city, it's been WrestleMania for this country, I think Wales and indeed the UK, and all that it required to put a bow on this big gift-wrapped sort of experience was the home, not the hometown guy, but the big babyface win. And they didn't deliver. And the guts on it is one thing. The rock is another thing. But, like, who's the gay? Because if it wasn't Drew tonight, I don't know who they've got. Yeah, they will do incredibly well. And I'll put them over to the hilt. They will do incredibly well to get and generate and manufacture an atmosphere like they did in that stadium for that performer. So on that basis, it kind of has to feel like weird and wasteful and just a bit rubbish, if I'm being perfectly honest. But let us know what you thought underneath the link um, to this podcast on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at M. Cedric. Once again, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And honestly... Our eagles have been inflated, but our hearts have been touched <laughs> by, honestly, the feedback and just feedback. seeing people milling about and being yeah. able to chat oh, yeah. to fans and stuff. It was an absolutely incredible experience. You are so, you'll never know, I don't think, how grateful no. we are no. um, for that. So to everyone who came up to us, um, to everyone who had a kind word to say, we are absolutely enormously grateful. Um, I hope the finish didn't ruin your weekend because, <laughs> God damn it. You deserve a good one. Um, We'll be back next week with more podcasts. And until then, thank you so much again, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.